All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Just after three o'clock, Sports 1440 Live on Orders Nation YouTube. How are you? It's Positive Friday. Hey, that's the good news, Order fans. The week's almost done. You can get home. You can relax. And you know you're all going to be watching. You're going to sit there and you'll be like, you know what? This team's irritating me right now, but I'm watching. Because we know they have more ability. They have more drive. They have more desire. They have more skill. They have more smarts than what they've shown through four games. It's frustrating how they played, but make no mistake. I think they are uh, they are a better team than what we have seen thus far. Now they got to show it, which, hey, hey, it's not that easy. If it was that easy, then everybody, oh, geez, had a bad game. Boom, turn it around. It's never that easy. You got to work hard. Got to outwork the opposition sometimes. You got to outthink the opposition. And uh, the orders got to get a little bee in their bonnet, shall we say, tomorrow. But here's the thing. Like, there's two desperate teams. The Jets are one and three, and the orders are one and three. One of them is only going to win one of their first five games. Order fans are hopeful it's not their team. Let's get to the uh, fantasy report now, brought to you by Next Gen Transportation. Heavy haul transport provider who are hiring. If you're looking for a great company to work, great opportunities, and they're huge sports fans, great benefits, go to nextgentransportation.com. Find out more. And last night, hey, maybe he should play with a banged up knee more often. I'm kidding. Of course, but uh, Trevor Lawrence looked pretty good last night. Pretty good. And hey, who had hands up, hands up, who had the Jacksonville Jaguars at five and two 
through the first seven games of the season. If you did, kudos to you. Uh, our next guest, uh, he's pretty wise in a lot of his prognostications. Uh, we'll find out, uh, did he have the Jaguars at five and two? Ben Gretsch joins us, uh, fantasy football analyst. Ben, how you doing, man? Welcome back to the show. How are things? <laughs> Doing well, things are going good. Got a lot of a lot of bye weeks this week to to account for, but yeah, we're we're getting into the swing of things. The the, the, the buys are hitting heavy now. Oh yeah, it's, uh, well you had six teams last week, six teams this week. It's uh, uh, yeah, I had Joe Burrow on my bench, and I was praying that uh, uh, old Lawrence was going to play, and so thankfully he did, and uh, and did all right. Actually, rushed pretty well. Um, let's start not only just from a fantasy perspective, but from a football perspective. Man, Calvin Ridley, the first week he comes in, he's running all these outside patterns. Like, all right, this is going to be good. And now it's been like he's on a milk carton ever since, man. I don't know if they had the milk carton missing kids in the U.S. or not, but that's what my reference is. Um, what, what do you make of Ridley and, and the lack of usage for him in that offense? I think this game was tough. Marshawn Lattimore's done that to number one receivers for a lot of years. He's done it to Mike Evans plenty of times throughout, throughout their uh, head-to-head competitions over the years. Uh, tough cornerback, number one cornerback. There was some talk that they were rolling safety coverage over. I haven't, you know, like dissected the film or anything, but certainly I think he's getting a little bit more attention. I think the other element of it is, you know, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, even Jamal Hagnew last night has six targets. Those are guys that were all in the offense last year that Trevor Lawrence is comfortable throwing to last year. Still got to get a little bit of familiarity there between the quarterback and the receiver with Ridley, obviously starting this year on the new team with Jacksonville. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think at the end, when you, when you look back to where people were drafting Calvin Ridley very high, I don't think we're going to probably see him return value on that. It hasn't been great. I do think we're going to see better than we've seen so far. What about Jamar Gibbs this weekend? Uh, with all, you know, Montgomery's out. Now I know Gibbs got the hands His coach said, Hey, we got to play him. We're going to have to use him a lot. Uh, what's your expectations for him? And would you consider him at all ahead of Pacheco or Kenneth Walker the third this weekend? Those are two good plays in their own right, for sure. But I do really like Gibbs this weekend. So, I mean, yeah, if you're in that spot, I think it's close. I'd probably, I'd probably play Walker regardless. I think Gibbs and Pacheco would be would be the the, the decision for me. Yeah. I think you have to expect Gibbs is going to get plenty of work from the way that Dan Campbell, head coach of the Lions, was talking. He's saying, you know, he's going to need to take the load. Um, he said, uh, I, I'd like to say we're going to be careful with him, but the reality is we need him. Um, their other back, Craig Reynolds, might be more banged up than Gibbs. Gibbs is coming yeah. back from an injury. Reynolds got hurt. And David Montgomery, their main other back, is out. Uh, so that, that kind of leaves you in a tough spot where they're going to want to lean on their guy. And there's already been a lot of talk. You get a lot of, like, you know, when I come on your show, sometimes I talk about draft capital. When a team takes a running back 12th overall, the media is asking them all the time, when is this guy going to play? When are you going to lean on this player, et cetera? The draft capital matters for predicting usage in fantasy football. Uh, this is a perfect example of a spot where, I mean, they haven't been using him because they also had Dave Montgomery who they paid a lot of money to and is a veteran and is a good player. But that guy's out for this game. This is a spot where you got to expect they're going to have to lean into their number 12 overall pick and show the world why they took him 12th overall. Ben Gretz Jones. Ben, where do you come out on Jonu Smith as a tight end right now. I know in a lot of leagues, he's a free agent and he's actually produced decent numbers. Uh, do you expect that to continue? Any 
receiving option in Atlanta's passing game is tricky because the pass volume can be so low. Arthur Smith likes to run the ball so much, and it's not necessarily a highly efficient offense. Desmond Ritter, not a high-level quarterback. He's shown some flashes, but certainly I think on the bottom end of the league's quarterbacks. Uh, I do think uh, there's a lot of talk in fantasy, and the misconception between him and Kyle Pitts I think is worth noting. John Smith is basically their tight end. Kyle Pitts is essentially a wide receiver. He essentially does not play in-line tight end. He splits out wide or he's in the slot for about 80% of his snaps. Um, prior to last week, I don't, I, I have not checked this stat this week, but prior to last week, Kyle Pitts had passed blocked on exactly one snap all year of all tight ends, and he's still classified as a tight end who had run some certain threshold of routes. It was 20 or 25 total tight ends. He was last in pass block snaps. John Smith was like fifth out of the, these 20 or 25 tight ends in pass blocking. He He's an inline tight end. They're playing different positions, but they're yeah. both tight ends in fantasy. There's a lot of confusion there. I see a lot of conversation about the, they're both running a lot of routes is the thing. Most yes. offenses that are not going to have two tight ends running as many routes as these guys are. And so you think of them separately, which I when you, when you think about Smith – means that I think you can think of him as a, a viable tight end for the reasons that, that you know his production have validated. I think the reason people are really hesitant to pick him up is Kyle Pitts is also in this offense. Kyle Pitts, the same way I don't think Smith is an issue for Pitts, I don't think Pitts is an issue for Smith. They're playing different positions. So I do think if you know if you're in a bind to tight end, he's a viable he's a viable candidate. I know you study all the numbers, Ben. So you know what? It's it's been six weeks into the season now. You, you got a good enough sample size to kind of see where guys are at, and you know some guys have started slow. Who are some receivers that, when you look at matchups moving forward, and just kind of how things have changed and progressed in their offense, that you think are really going to step it up maybe and be better over the next four or five weeks than they have been in the first six? First name that comes to mind is Jackson Smith and Jigba. First round receiver for the Seahawks. First four games of the year didn't do very much. They had a week five bye. Last week, his routes really uh, rose. He ran around on 81% of dropbacks, actually matched Metcalf and Lockett. All three of them were with the same number of routes there. Uh, his average depth of target rose a little bit. They've been thrown to him a lot around the line of scrimmage. And there was one key play where they called a leak play where he came across the field. It was wide open. Pete Carroll talked about it in a press conference this week where they needed that play. Geno Smith kind of got a little skittish in the in the pocket, winds up scrambling for a, a, a nice gain on the ground. But they needed the TD, and, he, and, 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 and JSN was open. Um, so that was one where they were clearly trying, and Carol said, we were trying, you know, we had that play in our back pocket the whole game. We designed that play for, uh, it was kind of, it's not really a trick play, but coaches will, you know, these kinds of leak plays, they'll, they'll call them a couple times a game. And that's their shot play. They're, they're taking an opportunity right there. And it worked. JSN was wide open. Geno Smith just didn't throw the pass. Um, he, he uh, through the first four weeks, still rehabbing from a broken wrist in the preseason, was still wearing a wrap on it. Coming out of the bye, we often see rookies, see this type of usage bump. We got the bump last week. Didn't necessarily get the production to back it up, but more positive comments from the team this week. I think we're definitely going to see him continue to grow the rest of the way. I would largely, to answer this question, be focused on the rookies and the young players. Okay, uh, Josh Downs in Indianapolis is a guy that I really like. He's another rookie with Gardner Minshew taking over there. You're going to get more pass attempts. They're, they're going to play fast, but Minshew's not as mobile as Anthony Richardson, who unfortunately has now been he's going to go go in for surgery and he's yeah. going to miss the rest of the year, kind of been declared out for the year. 
we're going to get more pass attempts out of the Colts offense now and a lot more short completions. Gardner Minshew is typically a lower dot underneath passer. That's Josh Downs' skill set. So if you're in PPR leagues, I think that's a rookie that you'll start to see really grow into a nice underneath role for the Colts. Rasheed Rice for the Chiefs, yeah. another rookie. He looks like maybe their best receiver. Yeah. Another guy that I think we're going to see grow into a role. So that's those are the spots that I would be looking as the young guys that have you know opportunity to grow into roles. Man, Gretch joins us, so you can follow him on Twitter, Yards Per Gretch. It's fantastic to read every week if you want to dig deep on uh, all sorts of different things and uh, kind of just get past the the headline uh, when it comes to uh, fantasy football. Now, when you mention uh, Seattle's offense, do you think with the emergence of the young guy, is there any concern that Metcalf's usage drops a bit? I wouldn't say a massive concern, but there should be some concern. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, I wasn't really on Metcalf in draft season for this reason. Anytime you bring in a first-round receiver with a, a profile like JSN has, and he has a really great profile. We look at age-adjusted production. You want guys in college that produce at a young age and are able to, to come right into college and do good things. JSN was producing at a young age, and he was producing in an offense out of Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who have gone on to be really good receivers at the NFL level, and he was outproducing them. He was gaining more yards than them when they were on the field together. So we knew this guy could, could put up numbers, and then he tested really well this offseason, blew up uh, camp, everybody, you know, reports out of Seattle, but nothing but positive about JSN. When you add a player like that to your, your passing game, it's certainly going to be a concern. And as he starts to develop, and I think he's going to continue to play, uh, or not continue, he's going to start to play very well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 an issue for Metcalf. At the same time, I think we overstate sometimes like competition in passing games. It can be a rising tide for everyone as well. If JSN's really hitting, it might mean more single covers for DK Metcalf, and that's a that's a, a great situation for him as a downfield weapon, very physical receiver. Um, so yeah, I mean. A little bit of a concern. It's not not a concern, but it could also be, you know, played as a positive as well. You look at certain teams that uh, are automatically just going to start playing better. We've seen that the last few weeks with Cincinnati. Joe Burrow got healthy. Now he has a bye week. could probably get even healthier. Uh, Jamar Chase. Uh, I think it was you who put out the numbers. And, you know, Jamar Chase, how many times he's been, like, legitimately wide open, right, uh, significantly. So he's beating guys all over the field. Uh, T. Higgins is banged up. The bye week is, is likely going to help him. What do you make of Joe Mixon's season, though, in, in Cincinnati? Is, is he a guy that you, like, would you buy low on? him right now do you think that joe mixon can find his game he's a tricky one for me um his his workload doesn't look like it could possibly be any in any less jeopardy he's the guy they they restructured him they're not probably going to keep him after this year they're going to use him all year this year they're going to ride him and they're probably going to let him walk and get a new young running back next year is would be my guess uh and that's what they've shown so far the, the the tricky part is I think that people get caught up with running backs and just projecting the workload, but you need a workload, but you also need efficiency. I mean, yeah. you need running backs that can actually produce. There's a lot of like, uh, you know, efficiency, opportunity, efficiency models, expected points, fantasy points over expected. A lot of ways you can look at this uh, throughout the industry. But the way that I would just put it is it's not just the workload. If you're inefficient, if you're not able to score as many fantasy points as your workload, kind of says you should be able to that's that's kind of a problem that you yeah. can't you can only get so big of a workload that's been Nixon for the last few years he's been really poor in the in the green zone I call it the red zone inside the 10 is the green zone uh not able to convert touchdowns getting a lot of touches down there but like just doesn't do a good job of hitting the hole hard and picking the right hole out and getting there he's an, an athletic player but doesn't seem to get 
as much as he should out of his physical traits necessarily. He catches some passes but isn't great in the passing game. He's always seemed to be this guy that's not as good as his reputation in terms of actually producing the fantasy points. The role's going to be there. I think the floor is going to be high, but I don't think he's going to be like a league winner or anything. He could be with his role if he could be efficient on it. Um, we saw it last year in one game where he had the five touchdown game and it yeah. all came together at one one game. He had a 50 point game, but the rest of the year, I don't think he had another 20 point game the rest of the year, even in PPR. Very inefficient compared to his role. I tend to like try to sell those guys and buy the guys that I think have the ability to be better than what their role is, add efficiency okay. to their role. So those are the types that I'd be looking at. Ben, that's why we love having you on, man. Great insight. We really appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Thanks so much for your time. Absolutely. Anytime. Ben Gretz. Uh, he's a fantastic follow. Uh, Yards per Gretz on Twitter. If you're playing fantasy football, man. And like he, his articles, man, you subscribe to him. It's unbelievable the detail that he goes into and really can give you some good insight on matchups specifically from week to week when sometimes you're maybe on the fence on who you want to play. It's great. 321, Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you. Uh, when we come back, the Oilers and the Jets, also the Elks and the Bombers, a double dip of Edmonton, Winnipeg. Obviously, the Elks are the underdog, but the Jets and the Oilers both struggling. One and three. What happens tomorrow? Who's more desperate? We'll find out next on the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, live on Sports 1440 and Orders Nation YouTube. 326, uh, welcome back to the Jason Greger Show. Hey, big shout out to our uh, our buddy uh, Dustin Nielsen texting the show. Hey guys, uh, Orders, bring back uh, good old number 98. <laughs> It's got to be Nelly's burner. There's, there's no there's no one else that would do that. Uh, I can tell you this very honestly. Zero chance Play RV would come back and zero chance the orders would bring him back. It, that, is a, that is a mutual parting of the ways that uh, neither side would want to uh, try again. Not happening. So, you know what? Uh, I hope for Play RV's sake, uh, he gets healthy and you know, we'll see. What, uh, you know, I saw the video. It's good that he's skating and looks like he can move. That's awesome. Um, but, uh, I don't think he's the uh, answer for the woes of the Edmonton orders. And honestly, he wouldn't, he wouldn't want to come here. Like he didn't leave with a lot of positive vibes, a lot of confidence about himself. Um, you know, he left, went to Carolina. Obviously things didn't work out there either. So we'll see. You know, he might have to start in Finland and, and play and see, you know, maybe a team takes a chance on him and find out when you're six foot four. You know, that big. When he's healthy, he can move, but you know, he's probably a third-line player. And if he accepts that he's a third-line player, at best, then to start anyway, then he's probably got a better chance of success, for sure. Let's get to the oil report now, brought to you by Volvo of Varwell Cars, Edmonton, where right now, $5,000 off all remaining 2023 vehicles. Doesn't matter which one you want. XC60, XC90, the X60, they got them all. If it's 2023, 5G off. Check it out, VolvoCarsEdmonton.com or go see them in person on the south side, 1205 101st Street Southwest. And uh, it's, a, it's a rare double day Edmonton Winnipeg, you have the Bombers hosting the Elks at 5 o'clock our time tomorrow. And then 8 o'clock, the Oilers are hosting the Winnipeg Jets. Will either city get a sweep? Uh, the Bombers are clearly heavy favorites in their game, and I'd be willing to bet they're going to win their game. No question. 
But uh, the Oilers and the Jets, two teams coming in struggling. Both are one and three. I think uh, both teams not happy with their start. The Jets, they can't defend. They got Connor Hellebuck, and they're just leaking four goals every game. What is going on? We will uh, find out uh, what is missing from uh, Ted Wyman from the Winnipeg Sun. Ted, uh, I know there's lots of talk about the crowds and stuff, and, you know, that's a total different topic of conversation. And, hey, I understand finances. But the Jets, four goals against every game, man. That just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it really doesn't, especially when you consider that they've done uh, a really good job in terms of the possession game. If you look at the numbers, for three of their four games, they vastly uh, outplayed the, the opposition in terms of having the puck in the offensive zone, shot attempts, and shots. And, um, it, you know, really, they were one and one after losing in Calgary and then beating Florida. And, yeah, they had given up four goals or five goals in one of those games and four in the other. But it seemed like they were kind of driving things and, and everybody was, and people weren't too worried about things. And then they really got hammered by the Los Angeles Kings. And then they come back again and they play another pretty good uh, offensive game, pretty good puck possession game uh, last night against Vegas. But they lose that one. And, uh, and again, as you said, they give up another five goals. So, you know, it's been nothing less than four in every game. Connor Hellebuck's save percentage is .843. And then Laurent Brassois comes in last night, and his was .846. And that number is just absolutely not acceptable. There's no doubt that the goaltending hasn't been good, but I don't think the defending's been very good either. The, the Jets have put a lot of uh, stock under Rick Bonus into having the, uh, the defensive players provide offense and, and jump into the play and make things happen that way. And it certainly seems to be driving them to getting more offense, but maybe defense is suffering because it just has not looked uh, very tight around the net so far this season. No, not at all. And, uh, you know, frustrating, I'm sure, for Jets fans as they were uh – they were hoping for a better year. I don't think there's any question about that. And they had all the big news, right? Hellebuck and Shifley both signing to, to commit to Winnipeg long term. And uh, and so far, it hasn't given the the boost, at least in the results. So, But you say that maybe Winnipeg's playing better overall than what the numbers say. But while they're, they're out shooting teams significantly... Are they giving up just too many quality chances, Ted? Because, you know, it's kind of what the orders were a little bit too, except the Philly game. Uh, you know, and their other ones, the first game, the second game, they outchanced Vancouver, but they only you know, gave up four goals on 16 shots, so it's not ideal. But is that what you're seeing from the Jets, or is there a specific area defensively that they've been very weak at? Well, I think there is some quality chances. That, that might be part of the issue. It's also that the other teams are finishing their chances. The Jets are not. Okay. Just for an example, the game against Vegas last night, the Jets had 30 shot attempts to Vegas's nine in the third period. Jets tied it up at 3-3. Then they take a penalty. And then Mark Stone makes an incredible play. Great pass to Jack Eichel. And he roofs it and he scores. And that's it. Vegas wins that game. That was about the only chance he generated in the third period. But they're making it work. So I think if you're looking at the overall, you know, it's such a small sample size. So by no means is anybody saying the Jets aren't going to be a good team this year. It's, it's early. Yep. But, you, but, but I think from what we've seen so far, it has been a little bit of a puck luck issue for them. I think they've been played well enough certainly to be 3-1 and one right now as opposed to 1-3. and three. And I mean, again, small sample size, but that would be a much different uh, perception around uh, Winnipeg and around the league. 
as you mentioned before, there's been so much talk about the attendance situation, which is, of course, very concerning. But I don't think that many people have really even been that focused on what the Jets are doing on the ice at this point yet. But, you know, you, you don't want to get off to a really slow start in, that, in this league because it can be so hard to overcome. Ted Wyman joins us from the Winnipeg Sun, 100%. And, you know, and the Edmonton, like the Orders don't have a third period goal in four games, and they've trailed in three of those games where you'd think you'd be a little bit desperate and pushing. And last night they barely showed a pulse in the third period against uh, Winnipeg. So I would think we're, you know, you're going to see two teams uh, both desperate uh, tomorrow. I'm expecting Hellebuck's going to get the start. I would think so, yeah. I mean, they got uh, Brossois in there last game, and it's not like he lit the world on fire. Uh, I, I, you know, I think Connor Hellebuck has had starts like this before. Um, he's had a couple of seasons where he just didn't get off to the greatest start, and in one of them, he ended up winning the Vezina Trophy. So, I mean, you cannot, uh, you can't read too much into his early struggles. But the fact is, he wasn't very good in the playoffs for them at the end of last season. He comes back, he gets his brand new contract, he comes in, he lets in four goals every game for the first three. Uh, there's certainly a little bit of concern there. And, and I will say this. If Hellebuck outplayed the other goaltender in any of the games that he's been in, the Jets absolutely would be 3-1. and one. They haven't. I don't believe that there may be one game, the game against Florida, where he might have been a bit better than Bobrovsky or it was very close. And in every other case, it's been the opposition goaltender that has been the best goalie on the, on the night. Nate Schmidt, $5.95 million cap hit, healthy scratch last game. Yeah. What's up with Schmidt? Well, you know, Nate Schmidt is, uh, you know, he, he's a player that I don't think had a particularly great season last year. He looked like he may have lost his job in the in the preseason. The Jets were looking like they were ready to go with their 2019 first round pick, Billy Hanela, as uh, on defense and the third pairing. And unfortunately for Hanela, he got injured in the last preseason game, and he's out for uh, six weeks. So in comes a, a chance for. Um, for Schmidt to get back in the lineup, and then after just a few games, he's out. But it, it's a, partly a function of them wanting to make sure that Logan Stanley gets some ice time, yeah. right? Like they did sign Stanley to a one-year contract. They don't want him to sit there and not play all year long. And and they've also got Declan Chisholm on the roster, who they want to get in at some point too. Somebody's got to come out. And, and in this case, Schmidt was the odd man out. Uh, there's a couple other defensemen that I don't think are playing very well right now, and Brendan Dillon and Neil Pionk, but you know those aren't guys that you're going to take out of the lineup. So uh, I think Schmidt is going to have to play very well, uh, you know, all season long to keep his spot. And, and in, all, in all honesty, in one of the games that they lost uh, in Calgary, he had a big role in it because he iced the puck unnecessarily. It, it really nobody near him. He was in his own end. He didn't need to flip it all the way down the ice kind of said he was going for the goal, but he missed. And uh, nine seconds later, the puck was in the Jets' net after the icing, and they lost that game. And that was a game they probably should have won. So, uh, you know, he's he, he knows he has to be better than that. He knows he has to be better than he has been so far. Uh, but I don't know that his salary is going to save him <laughs> this season. Yeah. I think there, there's a situation, a scenario there, where if somebody's out playing him, he's not going to be in there. So, salary aside... You mentioned he didn't play very well last year. Is this a guy who's you know gets on the wrong side of thirty and is just slowing down, or you know what's what's kind of lacking in his game? What, and do you think he can get it back? 
you know, Nate, Nate Schmidt is a really likable guy and, and one of the best guys to talk to in the Jets locker room without question. Uh, a quote machine, all those things. But I don't know that, you know, I think the contract that he signed was a bit of a beast. Uh, and it has been, it was enough of one for Vegas that they had to move him along. And uh, then it was enough of one that, you know, Vancouver got him and then they wanted to move him along. And, and the Jets felt like they had a chance to go for it a couple of years ago. Uh, and they, the missing pieces were a couple of veteran defensemen. So they were willing to take on this large contract of Nate Schmitz. And they did the same thing with Brendan Dillon. You know, it has hampered them somewhat because you didn't know. That, like, I think I think it's an indication that Nate Schmidt's game has been declining since his first season with Las Vegas. But, uh, it, you know, I, I don't think you know that at the time you're taking your chance. Right now we're starting to see that, um, that it's a little more clear that he's been on a downward trend for a while. I think he can still play in the league. But people attach a lot of uh, expectations to that contract that he signed a few years ago. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's amazing how suddenly that will change the expectations, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, wait a sec, this guy isn't what we think. But if we look at matchups, Josh Morrissey, uh, I'm assuming he's going to face a lot of McDavid and Dreisaitl uh, as a parent, although Neil Pionk's done a really good job of getting in the grill of McDavid. You mentioned maybe he hasn't played well. Is, uh, is that maybe what he's looking for to try to jumpstart his season? Because for whatever reason, man, he gets right in the grill of McDavid and has played pretty physical on him played quite well yeah i mean i think that the pairing of dylan and Pionk just hasn't been great so far um and morrissey's pairing last night with dylan Demello also struggled against that top line of uh of vegas's but i mean that line with stone and <laughs> and and all the guys that are you know the, all the big names there in uh in vegas it's very tough to handle them as uh, i'm sure everyone in edmonton knows but, you know, Josh Morrissey gets that every game. He's always going to be facing top guys. And more often than not, he comes out on the plus side and the possession side and still helps drive the offense. He's certainly a very dynamic player. But I don't think you do get that physical, edgy side very often for Morrissey. He's more of that calm and cool presence back there. Uh, and Neil Pionk, you know, nice guy off the ice, but he can certainly get in there in the corners and, and let guys know that he's uh, that he's around. So if it works at all, I'd say anything that works against Connor McDavid to slightly get him off his game is what you're going to try to do. Uh, quickly switching to uh, football. The Elks are in there, their final game of the regular season. They're missing the playoffs. The Bombers are uh, battling BC for the bye in the first round. It should be an, and I got, I'm barring a shock. I'm going to see BC in Winnipeg and, and obviously they're going to play for home field advantage. The Bombers are looking like they're going to get their fourth consecutive sellout and the Jets are down to 11,000 fans. Now I know it's only once a week and, but I, I have to think, Ted, that it's simply price point. Is that what's keeping Jets fans away? Yeah, I couldn't possibly tell you for sure what's keeping Jets fans away because there's, I think there's a multiple, there's multiple reasons. And I think a lot of different fans have their own different reasons why. But if you're going to look for a common denominator, I'm pretty sure price is the thing. And you're right. You know, you can go to a bomber game and it doesn't cost that much. Uh, it's you know there's an easy parking situation down there at the university. Uh, it's it, it is only once a week, and it's a really good time. Like the Bombers have done an absolutely fantastic job of making their stadium environment a great big party, and people love to come there and party. You know, and uh, on a Saturday night might be a little chilly, but you know it's a big game. You know, it's a really important game for the Bombers, unless of course. 
the BC Lions lose tonight, uh, in which case it won't be an important game for the Bombers. But people want to be a part of this. The Bombers went 29 years without winning the Grey Cup. They've been the best team in the league in general ever since then. Maybe you can argue Toronto this year. And I think the fans are just soaking it up. They want to enjoy it while it lasts. And, you know, I don't know that it totally reflects on on the situation with the Jets that people are not necessarily deciding to spend their money on the Bombers or instead or whatever. But it's they're just doing something right. Yeah. And they want to ride it as long as they possibly can. Ted? Oh well, it's been a great run for them, man. And them and the Lions, and then potentially maybe them and the Argos in the in the Grey Cup would be fantastic. The top three teams in the CFL, I think we all know who they are, and uh, it's going to be pretty competitive if we can get two of those three in the uh, Grey Cup. But as we know in the playoffs in the CFL, anything can happen once you're in. So uh, we'll see <laughs> yeah, how that goes. Who knows? Somebody sneaks in in the West at uh, six and twelve, and you never know, right? <laughs> you got to yep. play the games. Yeah, you bet. Uh, appreciate your time. Have a great weekend. All right, you too. Take care. There you go. It's that easy. Uh, Ted Wyman. So uh, Hellebuck. Jeez, look at their goals against, man. 843 save percentage for Hellebuck in uh, in Winnipeg. Struggling. They've given up 5-5-4-4 five, five, four, four so far uh, this year. Not, or Sorry, it's five three times and four once. Uh, not ideal. Uh, as he mentioned, uh, they can't score on their chances. They're getting a lot of chances, can't score. Some orders can relate to that. So I think you're going to have two desperate teams tomorrow night. It's either going to be a sloppy game I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Or a very well-played game. We'll see. Uh, when we come back, we, we're going to do our best inner John Candy next on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 and live on Orders Nation YouTube. You might want to watch. Welcome back. Positive Friday. How are you? Text line is humming. 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. Uh, hey, boys, the Jack Campbell goal was a killer. Down two goals to one in the power play. Can't let that in. It broke our backs. That was the turning point from uh, Weeksy. Uh, it definitely wasn't a great play, Weeksy, but I'll say this. If the orders are that fragile, that that goal leads to them to just not even put up a fight in the third period. Like you would think your power play, because, hey, Connor McDavid had complete control, has a turnover. Then, you know, they go down the other way, they score. Obviously, you would want to save there. There's no question about that. But you wouldn't you want your PP to say, okay, 
Let's come back. We got we got to get one back for us next time we get a power play. We didn't see that. And the third period, man, they got four shots. They were trailing three to one. Like two goal leads in the NHL are not like what it used to be. This is not the lockdown early 2000s where, heck, a one goal lead, you might as well turn the TV off because no one's coming back. Last year, they set an NHL record for most comebacks in NHL history. Right, teams are giving up two goal leads. We see it across the league. So, um, yes, not a great goal, but I would say the back is rather weak if you have no pushback uh, from that. So, uh, Adam texts in. He's coming by. He's dropping off some socks. He wants that hat. Well, uh, Adam, you bring the two packs of socks, and uh, we will give you a Sports 1440 hat because, of course, it is uh, socked over today only on Pause of Friday. That's what we're doing. So if you want to stop in with uh, two packs of socks to donate for uh, Operation Friendship Senior Society, just don't make them dress socks, please. All right? And they don't have to be wool socks, just nice ones. Probably the black ones everybody likes. Uh, they're good. Now, we're sitting in studio, and I can smell it, and uh, instantly it's uh, it has me thinking of the old 96er, for anybody who remembers the uh, classic uh, Great Outdoors movie uh, when uh, John Candy uh, is going to take a run at eating a massive steak. Well, here's your opportunity not to kill yourself. Tomorrow night, you can try the 40 out like a 40 ounce steak i see one right beside me like you know 40 ounces you think man, until you see it and you're like damn like i think for some people who have a really good appetite you might be able to take it down like there's zero chance i could do it i'll tell you right now and i'm a farm guy i love steak but i don't think i could eat the 40 uh 40 ounce or patty from the brew house uh joins us uh have you taken down a 40 ounce or have you tried one patty what's going on uh i have not i've tried and i've you couldn't I've- finish I think just because I'm a big dude doesn't mean I can eat a lot. But, yes, I could not finish it. There's no way. How close? Um, uh, Three quarters of it. Okay, so you got 30 ounces. Yeah, but I also would have trimmed off all the fat. So I would have made it very bougie for me to eat it. Yes, (laughs) yes. So tell us about tomorrow. tomorrow, This is a huge fundraiser for Canadian farmers, correct? Yes, yeah. So we're uh, Alberta uh, and across Canada. We we can't just source out the meat here. So it's actually uh, helping out a lot of farmers across Canada since we are Canada-wide doing this. So, um, yeah, 5,000 steaks is what the number that I got after my show this morning here with Kevin. So, um, but yeah, 5,000 steaks we've, we've already sold. 5,000 steaks. So it's at any brew house except the Ice House. Except the Ice House. Except the Ice House tomorrow. Yeah. So if you want to call when you want to raise a reservation, you get a 40-ounce steak. And it's forty nine ninety nine. Now, does a forty ounce steak? Does it come with potatoes and everything else? Yes, sir. Mashed potatoes, gravy, seasonal veg, uh, cheese toast, and our famous steak sauce. Oh man! Like I'm, I'm assuming yes. some people are coming, and this could be like a romantic dinner for two if you really wanted it to be. I feel like your wife would not be happy, but <laughs> there is an oiler game, so yes. Yeah, well, what do you would, mean? Yeah, hey, she's a meat eater. She'd like it. My wife would actually probably like it more than I would. She loves the red meat and the and the steak. So, uh, so what ca- came up with this? How'd you guys come up with this idea? And why 40 ounce? Uh, well, like I was saying before, I, I, we, it used to be 32. And then uh, our amazing owners and, and the thought of something cool and big. And how do we bring people in that nothing really get, gets served that often? And I think it started about eight years ago. And now it's 40 ounce. We also Ooh. do tomahawk. It's a tomahawk. It's a 40 ounce ribeye. Um, and we haven't, this is one of the most successful ticketed events that we do in our, in our company. So if people out there want to try it tomorrow, they're best to call a brew house that's close by them today to book a reservation. Yes. I would go on open table. Um, 
search for the Canadian Brew House 40 on Steak Night and then uh, buy a ticket. There are some that are sold out. Uh, Lewis Estates is actually doing a pop-up one tonight because oh. they are sold out for tomorrow. Okay. Um, so I know Lewis Estates is available today, walk-in as well. Um, but yeah, check out Open Table Canada-wide. And uh, so most of them uh, will be there tomorrow. And now what time does the reservation start? Like what time can you have your first steak? Um, we just ask that you call or come in, but any time after four thirty, okay, five o'clock. Yeah. So yeah. no, no nooners for steak is what I'm saying. Well, we're not going to say no because it's going to be there. <laughs> but if you want to eat a forty ounce steak at noon, <laughs> yeah, you're probably sleeping during the other game. That's for sure. Yeah, that's true. You might get the meat sweats a little bit, uh, a little bit too much. So now, are you going to try to down one tomorrow? Because uh, I, I can see you're staring at it right now. It's like it's a challenge. You're like, God, it got me last like I have time. To. I want to try it again. Yeah, I, I feel like I have to, but I, I, like I said, I'm a little bougie. I'd probably get the kitchen guys to actually trim it for me, slice it in steak bites, put it in a on a plate for uh, me, and then I'd maybe crush it over uh, a couple hours. All right. Yeah. Uh, now, does it does it come with like a special uh, uh, napkin or a handkerchief? No, 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 it doesn't come with anything. You just you get a pat on the oh, back and, a, and a, a good eight-hour nap. So now yeah. you've done how many? How many people will finish it? On like, have you? Do you have the numbers from last year? Like, if you did five thousand out of five thousand, how many solo finished it? I, I bet you, I'd be safe in saying seventy-five percent of the people would finish it. Oh, really? Yeah, there's oh, some there's some diehards, die there's some diehards, man, wow. diehard. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a really good deal. Forty on steak for forty nine ninety nine. Yeah. And and we're giving away a ten thousand dollar smoker, as well. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What? Yeah. So you're we're putting it a draw. So for anybody who buys a ticket, anyone who buys a ticket gets in the draw, and we're giving away a ten thousand dollar smoker. So you get the steak, you get the potatoes, you get the veg, you get the toast. Yes, sir. And you have a chance to win the smoker. Yes, sir. Ooh. Yes, Jeez. sir. Pretty big smoker if it's 10 G's. Yeah, it is. It's uh, Cook a few 40 ounces on it. You can probably cook the whole cow on there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, we have some people wondering, does, can you have any type? Can you have it blue? Can you medium rare? Does it matter? Yeah, we actually don't recommend it past medium. Okay. Um, we actually, it, number one, it's going to take an hour to cook it. <laughs> and, and number two, nobody wants to eat a ribeye past that. So, yeah, yeah you can get it blue. You can get it blue rare, rare, whatever way you like. Oh, I respect yeah. the people that eat blue. I can't do it. Man. Yeah, they're they're yeah. animals. They are. Like, yeah. literally. It's uh, very close. Well, Patty, thanks so much for bringing it in. I know Connor and Declan have been talking about to see which one of them can take a run at it. So uh, the young bucks, we'll see who can take a run at it today. Yeah. And, you know, we, these were all prepped at our ribeye butcher shop. So it's uh, in, in town here. I know I didn't have the answer for Kevin this morning, but uh, big Shout out to the ribeye guys there all across the city here. So, so. these are all ribeyes? All 40-ounce ribeyes 40 across the board. 40-ounce ribeyes. Yes, so uh, check it out. Go to uh, Open Table. Look up the uh, Canadian Brew House, the 40-ounce steak. It's $49.99. That's a really good deal. And uh, But you want to book your reservation, so you can time it. Go there at 6 o'clock, stick around, have your steak. You know what? Maybe take a nap in the booth and then be ready to go for the old game at 8 o'clock. Yeah, guaranteed Oiler W. Oh, the, oh, guaranteed it. I like Ooh, geez, that's that's gutsy when the team's one and three. Gutsy, but hey, it's positive Friday. Why not? I like it. All right, thanks, Patty. Have a good one. Thank you. That's uh, Patty from the uh, Brew House, who uh, is very generous all the time. Uh, gives us some uh, tickets to send many of you to the few Oiler games and to uh, Oil Kings games. And now a Fort Man. This day, I'll take a picture of this bad boy. Woo! You got to pick it up, Greg, or throw it on the old uh, YouTube stream here. Let people see this. I should. Yeah, I'll do it right now. Okay. You slide over. It's probably I pretty heavy. Hands. Yeah. <laughs> Easy, boys. I'm a farm guy. I can lift up a stick <laughs> with one hand. So, yes, this is very... Uh, oh, uh, let, me, let me look if I can see on camera. See, look at that. Ooh. That is... Oh, yeah, I knew I would do that. Drop the... Uh, 
drop the uh, what is that? The gravy. Pe- people might go crazy that you drop the steak sauce. Yeah, I know the they steak drink sauce. That. My bad, it. my bad. So I have to clean that up. But uh, um, so that's a rookie mistake on my part. But uh, don't tell the engineers. Don't tell the engineers. So that's uh, that's a rookie mistake. But man, that's un- like that thing is huge. Like, think about it. For just to give you a, like, I'd do it again if you're if you're watching, and I'll take a picture of. But just the size of my hand doesn't even cover the steak, right? Like, it's ridiculous. That's how big this bad boy is. So, it's uh, you know, and good for you. Seventy five percent of people finish it. That's impressive. Got some diehard eaters, man. That's really impressive. I don't. Uh, well, I know me. I couldn't do it. I was. I've never been a big eater. Like, now if that was a forty ounce big Turk, we might have a conversation. But. Um, 40-ounce staker, I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could do it at all. Hey, guys. Hey, Greg's happy to have you back. Fantastic 96er reference. Rest in peace, John Candy, and him arguing with the server that he finished it, and it's just grizzle from Dave at the Raven. Dave, that's very good memory, man. It's true. But I could see, you know what? Back in the old school days, right? Because there used to be a lot of those contests, and I could see them being very finicky about it because they kind of take it like... uh it's a badge of honor that no one could eat their, their 96er, except all uh, the great outdoors, John Candy. It's a beauty. Hey, boys, I had a 40-ounce porthouse once at Morton's in Chicago. A la carte, 8 bucks for the baked potato, 10 bucks for seeded salad. Can't remember what I had for dessert, but it's fabulous. Nothing exceeds excess. Whew. Nothing exceeds like excess is uh, what Walter's saying. Well, Walter, get down to the brew house, man. Try it out. See if you can do it. Hey, boys, is that good for the Grand Prairie location? Yes, sir. Yes, indeed it is. Yeah, all across, any brew house in the country except the Ice House. Okay, that's the only one tomorrow, so don't be disappointed. We've, t- we've told you many times it's not the Ice House. Every other brew house location across the country. So there you go. I like it. Let's get to the con man and a sports 1440 update brought to you by Fountain Tire. Now, did you know? And trust me, because it's coming. You don't have to wait till the snow. In fact, your tires should be changed once the weather is seven degrees or below that for seven straight days, which is coming very quickly. So book your tire change ahead at FountainTire.com. Here's Connor Halley. 